This episode of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast is brought to you by Palms and Parks. They are high-quality t-shirts and tank tops that have cool, fun designs that help show off your love for Disney in a unique and smart way. Visit them at palmsandparks.com and check out what their store has to offer. There's something there for everyone. If you'd walk this way, I'd like to welcome you to the NDP studio. Hey, all right. How do, people? Hey, hey, hey. What's a hey, hey, hey? How you doing? What are you guys still doing here? We're working. Go record your show. Everyone, I would like to introduce our manager. Sorry, folks. We gotta go. Client, can you get my show notes, man? I'll get them for you. Wait, wait, wait. They all want to go with you. Wait a minute. I love that idea. Let's bring them all with us to the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 29 of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. My name is Bryce. This is Chris. Seven. How's it going, everybody? We appreciate you listening. If you want to join our discussion, you can join us on Facebook. Just search the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Join our little group. You can email me at Bryce at NocturnalDisneyPodcast.com. That's B-R-I-C-E at NocturnalDisneyPodcast.com. And you can say something very quick to me on Twitter at Disney Nocturnal. And you can also find me on Instagram at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. Chris, my friend, we have quite a bit to talk about today, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we Super do. Super Bowl just happened. Got some trailers. Many people may have not watched the Super Bowl, or maybe some people did. But it doesn't matter if you're a movie fan, you're happy for the <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Before we get into all that, though, I did want to go back, make a mention of this. You know, when you talk... You talk quick, and things come out, and then you can't fix it in editing because then the bit of the show doesn't make sense. As it turns out, no, Cinderella's castle was not built as promotion for Cinderella, because if it was, it was 25 years too late. I'm an idiot. Hey, Brett, now you know how George Bush felt. <laughs> Pretty sure he's probably hearing back a lot of things now, and he's like, eh, wish I would have taken that back. Exactly. <laughs> so, no. Cinderella's castle was not built for Cinderella, but Sleeping Beauty's castle out in Disneyland definitely was. So <laughs> I will take no, I will take solace in knowing that I was half right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every, the masses were attacking you on that. You know. Oh yes, they were. <laughs> Absolutely, they were. In any case, let's get into this, Chris. All right, let's go. All right. All right, Bryce, in the world of entertainment this week, we had so much crap with the Super Bowl drops. So we had a new Toy Story trailer come out. Yeah. It's about 30 seconds long. Roughly, yeah. How how did you feel about that drop? You know what? It made me laugh. Yeah. It made me happy. It was cool to see Woody. It was cool to see Bo Peep back in there. I really, really enjoyed the last bit where Buzz is tied to the post and Ducky's kicking at him yeah. <laughs> to infinity and my foot. <laughs> that, that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> I really like that. Do you think this is at all part of the movie or is this a lot like maybe the last trailer that they put out again is just like a, hey, remember us, we're here. 
Because it's interesting because Woody and and uh, Bo, they meet on like a hilltop and they're like, where's Buzz? I do. I think it's part of the movie. Because not only have we seen Ducky and the rabbit now outside of this trailer, now they're back in it. Now they're with Buzz and Woody and Bo Peep. I don't know. It felt like it was part of the movie. And so it's going to be interesting to see why they're all at the fair. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I mean, it didn't give us anything new. No, not at all. It didn't give us anything new. The jokes were good. Yeah. That made me happy. Keen Peel being in the movie seems like that's going to be awesome. Like, the more I see of them, the more I see of their characters, Rabbit and Ducky, I'm really, really pumped to see them in this movie. Yes. I love those two together. Key and Peel to me is like if Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell never broke up. <laughs> Happy you said that. Yes. I miss those two guys. Me too. Me too. So who knows? I would have loved to see Duke Kaboom in this because, like I said, we do see Bo Peep, but he is nowhere to be seen unless we just don't know what we're looking for yet. You now, know? There, now, there was some people that were complaining that they wish that they got an actual legit trailer drop. What do you got to say about that? I think that they are far too loose with other people's money because for $5 million, (laughs) I don't think Disney needed to put out a full trailer. Now, because they didn't, we were also able to get a 30-second spot for the Avengers Endgame. Right. So I would have rather had two 30—I would have rather had two 30-second effective spots than one, eh, okay— trailer for a movie even if the trailer was good i would have still rather had the 30 second spots we're gonna get the trailer anyway it's coming out you know what i'm saying it's not like we're gonna be be at a loss for a trailer you know i don't know i hear you buddy well like you said another trailer was dropped that night a lot of people may have forgot the last trailer but bryce not us not us (laughs) hey i see what you did (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we have the drop of the Avengers trailer. Third, another 30-second spot. Disney was all about these 30-second spots These tra- this time around. do you? First of all, before we get into this, do you think there's anything to that? Like they just didn't want to drump, drop a major two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute trailer like they usually do? Yeah, because I don't think that they have anything that they want to spend two-and-a-half minutes on, which would have been $10 million. $10 million for a commercial. That's a lot. I mean, yeah, you're going to have a lot of eyes on it, but still, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And for, what, a new Avengers trailer where they've already been kind of recycling footage from the first trailer anyway? Yeah. It's a good, want- I think it's a good way, you know, just to interrupt you. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that, you know, you get the people who are watching the Super Bowl who aren't probably necessarily the people that's your target audience I mean, it is your target audience, but, you know, who may not be like us who religiously are like, what's the new trailers that are coming out? You know, let me check that out. And it's just a good way to keep it maybe on their conscience mind, right? Exactly. It's a good way to keep it on their conscience mind, but it's also a good way of getting someone who isn't aware of it for whatever reason uh, to become aware of it. Yeah. Because, hey, here's a 30 second spot. Boom. It's quick. And it's just some people forget. Not us. Not us. Exactly, like, What is Captain America talking about? <laughs> it's a bleak trailer. It's very bleak. 
like that sign. I love that vinyl sign on the window that said, where do we go after everybody else is gone? Yeah. Like, that's a very effective sign to me yeah. because it just shows the desperation that people have. And it's just, it's sad. <laughs> a big thing that people seem to be really excited for is the fact that Rocky Raccoon is sporting like his classical looking outfit that he wore in the comics. You know, it's like a vest with like a button up and stuff like that. Yeah. He seems to kind of be wearing that in the trailer. A lot of people are comparing it that to the comics. So a lot of people are pretty excited for that. I think it looks pretty cool. It does. It looks cool. It's an interesting shot. I mean, granted, there's not much to it. It's just him opening a door. Yeah. But it's a door that's all overgrown. Where is he? He's Obviously, he's still on Earth. I think he's at Hawkeye's farm. Mm-hmm. Because that would be... Man, that would be interesting. I really liked Hawkeye's family in Age of Ultron. That was one of the best parts of that movie. And they've just kind of dropped it since then. But, I mean, you haven't needed to have them in the story, so why would you put them there? Maybe they said, hey, look, these are the people we're missing. Go on a recon mission. Go find out who is gone and who is still around. I don't know. I think that could be interesting. What's pretty interesting, too, is that you know we were wondering how much time would pass between movies. It seems like it's been a while. Quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I was watching somebody... I forget who it was. I watch a lot of YouTube. Right. But in any case, they were saying, you know, Thanos's grand plan was to snap his fingers, make half the people disappear, and then bring about this utopia because you now have literally double the resources because half the people are gone. And it's just become not that. <laughs> <laughs> it has become a nightmare. Yeah, It's bleak. It's dark. It's dirty it looks like businesses are run down they're just closed up it's crazy looking yeah it looks almost post-apocalyptic right you know what i'm saying like those that's the vibe it kind of gave me exactly all right so interesting did it get you more hyped for this movie coming out no 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 i don't i don't know what it is about disney's trailers (laughs) i don't know if it's because i just I dig so much for news and information on the movies. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's the fact that I am so plugged in with the online movie fandom. It just, I don't know. It just didn't hit for me. I was like, okay, yeah, that's part of what we're going to see. Okay. Because it didn't, it didn't show us anything grand. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't expecting it to with a 30 second trailer. But the only thing that this trailer really established is the fact that it's probably been a little bit since Thanos snapped his fingers. Right. And But other than that, that's about it. Well, I would say for me, it's it didn't really hype me up as well. Like it, But again, I don't think that, again, that was the intentions. It was a good 30 seconds, sure. You know, again, it wasn't nothing special. It's an emotional trailer, so. It is. It is an emotional trailer. The last trailer was an emotional trailer as well. And I don't think we're going to get away from that. You know, as we get closer to the movie, I think that we're just going to get more emotional trailers. And that is what it is. But you're already pumped. You're already there. Exactly. I know that I'm going to go see this movie. I was more excited about the Toy Story trailer than I was for this one. Right. Same here. 
because after Toy Story 3, I was like, this franchise is done. It ended perfectly, and this is where it needs to stay. Yeah. And the fact that they brought them back, and then they've made the characters interesting, and they've made them intriguing, they've made the jokes funny, it doesn't feel forced. Granted, these are all trailers, but it's been appealing to me. They're not saying that the Avengers trailers aren't appealing to me. It's just they're not moving my needle because I I know I'm going to this movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying, buddy. All right, so staying in the world of Marvel, Taika Waititi, he was asked about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 in an interview whether or not he would do it. Mm -hmm. He said he's not doing it. Right. So I guess, I mean, are you shocked about that? What's What's your thoughts on that? Not really. I mean, being that he is doing the Mandalorian, I think, I guess there was some push that people wanted him maybe to, you know, because, I mean, originally he was working for the other guys. He was at Warner Brothers, who was going to be doing the Flash movie. Right. And that seemed like he was getting steam and getting ready to go. Then it fell apart, as (laughs) it normally does over there. Yeah. And he comes over here. He gets a shot in an episode in the Mandalorian, which Mm -hmm. is great. I'm really looking forward to that. You already know how I feel about that. But then a lot of people maybe were thinking, could he be the next director for the Mandalorian uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy three? Well, I think even more so than the Mandalorian, what it was was Thor. Mm-hmm. It was Ragnarok. Ragnarok felt like like a cousin of a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, these two fit together very much the same way that like. Iron Man and Spider-Man, they fit together. Different franchises, but they mesh. Same thing, Thor and Guardians. So I think that's why people asked him. Very similar reason as to why people asked James Gunn to do Suicide Squad. Because Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy kind of mesh together. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's why they asked him to do it. He would have been great. You would have done a great job. Mm-hmm. Because of course he would. Yeah. You know? We have no reason to believe that he wouldn't, but but his his no <laughs> was funny. He's like, no, it would be like me walking into somebody's house and saying, "I'm your new daddy." Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's understandable. And it's also a much different movie too. You know, I know that they've shared a lot of the space and different colors and stuff like that. But you're going from a single story hero. I mean, I guess you can add the Hulk in there. But it is a different thing also probably having to deal with a team of people that you're going to have to spread the love throughout the whole cast. And, and then, you know, because that's what makes us fall in love with the Guardians, you know. It's oh, not sure. probably the villains or anything like that. It's it's the core group. Right. And, I mean, one thing people have been screaming about since the second one was Drax is underused. And he is. There's just no getting around it. Yeah, well, it's Dave Bautista. I mean, <laughs> not exactly. You're not going to get uh, an Academy Award winning performance out of it. Right. But I think that's just the MCU in general is they haven't handled him well. Okay. But as far as this goes, it doesn't surprise me, especially when you've had so like just so much drama with Guardians 3. Yeah. Not only... Was there obviously a huge backlash to get to James Gunn directing the movie from people who didn't want him there for his tweets? But then after Disney made their statement, 
there was huge backlash against Disney for making that statement because people felt that it was mishandled. It's a lot to take on. It is a lot to take on. And if you're a director, on. too, I mean, you're wondering what cast you might be coming into. Not know? a good one because no. all of them, all of them signed a letter saying, bring James Gunn back. I'm not sure they would be, they would be hostile. But I don't think so either. Whether or not they're going to get Dave, De- Dave Batista, <laughs> and that's my, and that's the point. I mean, as much as you may say Drax might be underused, he has great moments. He does. And if you're working with the cast that maybe feels some animosity, you're not going to get the best out of them. You may not want to jump into that firestorm. You know? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I know that I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not a director, but if I was given the opportunity, hey, do you want to direct another Thor movie or a possible dumpster fire? Which one do you want? I'll take this one over here. <laughs> take the <laughs> Thor movie. Because you want to stay away from that controversy as much as possible. I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy is ever getting made. Oh. I think... I think it's getting made. I think you're insane. I don't think so. Nope, I don't think so. All right. I think the only way they can get it made is if somehow after the snap, they make it so that Drax is played by somebody else. I did hear this online, mm. which was... Could Bradley Cooper direct Guardians 3? I think if anybody was going to direct Guardians 3, Bradley Cooper could do it. I don't think he—I mean, obviously he doesn't have the directing talent that James Gunn has, but I feel as far as, like, the cast and them feeling comfortable, that would be the way to go. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. Well, they got something to figure out over there in that controversy. Speaking of controversy, Bryce. Okay. So we had Deadpool 2 mm. came out, made a ton of money. Made a lot of money. It did. A lot of people didn't maybe, what I'm seeing is that a lot of people liked it or, you know, but maybe not as much as the first one, but still wanted the third movie. Sure. So our thought now is that with Disney now taking on Fox, would you see Deadpool under that Disney logo of Mickey Mouse whistling? we all thought that we all think that Deadpool is gone right so Bob Iger basically came out and said that Deadpool will be fine they're going to keep the same cast essentially again this is not his words I'm kind of paraphrasing but this is going to be he's going to come on he can have the same cast whatever whatever they want to do but they just won't be under the Disney Marvel banner what do you think about that that's fine by me I mean, honestly, I don't feel like Deadpool would fit into the MCU anyway. I mean, there's been a number of parodies online of actually putting Deadpool into the MCU. It just doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't fit. And and I completely agree with you. Uh, what is that video game that came out, that Strike Force, Marvel Strike Force? Yeah. They show the preview a lot. Um, and there's this one preview where you see... Uh, Captain America tells Tony, like, you know, shoot me in the shield. You know, where he does that thing yeah. where he shoots, you know, Tony gets to shoot those uh, laser beams at him and it ricochets off Captain America's shield. And Deadpool goes, oh, that looks cool. And he, like, and he's in a battle with them. So let's just put that in the context. He's in a, he's in a battle with the Avengers helping them. Right. And he takes a grenade and chucks it at one of the agents of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. medics that's yeah. running around helping them out. And it ricochets off his shield, but then just like lands on his lap and it just blows him up. <laughs> and he goes through a wall. And while that's funny, yeah, 
because it is. Exactly. I feel like Captain America and Iron Man would have had him gone forever ago. Exactly. Like, he seems like the sort of, I mean, he's just, he's just mayhem. You know what I'm saying? He is. And then also, you have to also question, well, if Deadpool can shoot a gun and shoot somebody in the hand, and then there'd be a hole in that hand, then why is it that when Storm electrocutes somebody with electricity and with lightning, their head doesn't explode? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it it creates problems. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's one of the problems. But... Oh, I think it is, because okay. how can you have Colossus punch somebody in the chest? Say you're having Colossus fight Toad, right? Uh-huh. Colossus punches Toad in the chest. Toad should no longer be be a thing he should explode his arms and legs should go in different directions and his head should go in the air and so it wouldn't really make sense with how just hyper violent deadpool is and then just how kind of neutered the x-men are yeah you can't picture like thor standing there and then you know deadpool grabs him throws him in a wood chipper exactly why why wouldn't mjolnir just flatten somebody's skull when you hit them with it. Yeah. It doesn't. It just knocks them out and they're fine. Mm. So in this news, I guess there's a bit of bad and good. I would say it's mostly good. You thinking that the Deadpool series is done? Exactly. I don't think so. No, I think that it is going to be under this different umbrella. And I would like to see maybe different ones come out. You know, you have other characters that could that could work with a Deadpool. Yeah. You know, that you wouldn't want to have in the MCU. Right, right. Honestly, it would be kind of cool to see Wolverine get to team up with Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And then you have that over on that other banner. And that would be just a crazy, crazy movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm perfectly fine with it being split up, dude. Me too. <laughs> with the amount of mayhem he causes, it's like it's hard to put you know, Thor in that world. Because, you know, the X-Men will obviously probably connect with the bigger DC or the Marvel, you know, universe, right? Absolutely. At, at, at Disney. And it would just be so weird trying to, like, Tony Stark looking down from his tower, seeing all this mayhem going on and thinking, like, <laughs> oh, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, Although I will say it will be fun to have Deadpool just have a wide open door when it comes to like Disney and LucasArts films and stuff like that to make references to. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, that, that'll that be pretty sweet. All right, Bryce. So the next story is a pretty interesting one. Okay. It kind of has to do with the Toy Story trailer a little bit. All right. More importantly, Bo Peep. All right. All right. It has to do with her staff. All right. Apparently, Laura Thompson who's from the PETA organization, not to be confused with the bread, Bryce. Okay. <laughs> she is a animal activist, it seems like, of animals on film and television. Okay. Which I'm all for. I of like course. the protection of animals, especially on film. So, I mean, the fact that she's an animal activist, I'm perfectly fine with. But this is what she had to say about Bo Peep. Okay. She said, a bad <laughs> Bo Peep would likely bop the shears, not the sheep. A symbol of domination over any animal is a thing of the past and not something that belongs in Toy Story 4. Won't you please consider removing Bo Peep's crook from the final animation? 
So she wants Bo Peep's staff out of there. What do you think about that? Okay. (laughs) So, first of all, I will say that she is very considerate at the end there. She says, won't you please consider removing Bo Peep's crook from the final animation? Yeah. It's very nice of her. (laughs) But come on. Really? Really? That's not... This is the hill you want to die on? This is what you're going to fight over? Bo Peep's crook in Toy Story 4? It doesn't even look like she's going to be using it. It doesn't even look like she has her sheep. You know what I'm saying? We, We haven't seen the sheep at all. So just the fact that she has a staff in the movie? Oh, take it out. You're out of your mind. Yeah. You're out of your mind. Partly because I think... A big part of the staff, well, yes, it's used to maybe nudge sheep. You're, if you're a shepherd, you're not beating your sheep. You need sheep. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, two, I mean, you have animals that are trying to get at your sheep. You defend them with a staff. Exactly. It's much easier to defend a sheep against a lion when you have a large staff than it would be with your bare hands. Although I mean, someone actually did just choke out a mountain lion. <laughs> it was nuts. <laughs> That person don't need a staff. No, they do not. All right, so I think that that's pretty crazy. It is. It's crazy because it says here, this is a symbol of domination over any animal is a thing of the past and not something that belongs in Toy Story 4. That is a direct quote from what she said, what you read, I read it. Here's the thing. On June 7th, the movie Secret Life of Pets is coming out. Right. And we've seen now in a number of different trailers that Max the dog is being led around on a leash, Mm -hmm. clearly against his will because he's going to the vet. (laughs) Where's the email to Illumination? Unless maybe she has been sending emails to Illumination and no one's found out about it. It's just a crazy, crazy thing. We need to know. I mean, yeah, if Bo Peep is just out there smashing ceramic sheep and <laughs> like a serial killer, then yeah, maybe it's a bad thing to have in the movie. And even in the poster, she looks more like Ray from Star Wars than she does Bo Peep from the first Toy Story movie. Right. It's I, just something that's absurd. I agree with you. I think it's a bit silly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's a bit silly. And I think Disney's reaction to that was probably what we just did right now. I would more think importantly, so. you just laughing. It's 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 kind of ridiculous. I mean, you can't put with no context behind it. With the fact that you can't even say that she is beating sheep at at, at all with the staff. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a bit ridiculous, you know. Especially since there's so many animated movies nowadays that still keep a little bit of those animal like leashes. I mean, every per- person uses a leash, so a leash cages, anything that's showing domination over animals. (laughs) Like, come on, guys. I hear you, man. Come on. I hear you. Well, keeping in line with animals, buddy. All right. So Zootopia, it won the Best Animated Oscar and at the Golden Globes, right? Okay. So we have uh, Tommy Leister, who had a quote who basically said this. He said, I can tell you for sure that I'm doing another Zootopia with Disney. We're doing three of them. We, the biggest film that Disney is producing. The last one was $240 million. He's talking about the budget. Right. This one I'm hearing will be $300 million. Jeez. That's what they spent on the budget, not advertising. 
Wow. So, I mean, well, we it, apparently we're getting a sequel and not just a sequel, we're getting a trilogy. Yeah. See, that's what was surprising to me about that was because I knew we were going to get a second Zootopia movie. It ends with Nick joining the police officers at the end of the movie. Cool. Cool. If that doesn't set up another buddy cop movie, I don't know what does. So, yeah, I figured we would be getting a second movie. A third movie? That's a bit surprising. But, I mean, you take this information, couple that with the fact that a couple weeks ago we were talking about how Disney is building Zootopia in Shanghai. It makes a lot of sense. And just as a kind of like a side note, Tommy Lister is Finnick. He's the voice actor of Finnick in the first movie. Mm -hmm. So, no, he doesn't have say in what movie is made, but he does have information of, hey, we need you for these two movies. Yeah, and I don't think you just throw that out there just to throw it out there, you know? Exactly. I can't imagine Disney's too happy with him, though. Like, Well, definitely put some under some pressure, you know? I mean, to, to at least hit that third one. But, I mean... I don't know. I still think this is not as bad as uh, being told that Michael B. Jordan is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Stinking actors, man. They need to watch their mouths. Seriously. <laughs> no alcohol at these events, I tell you. <laughs> All right. So we're fortunately, we got a sequel to those, right? I don't think we're hearing any complaints. Nah, I liked it enough. Unfortunately, Bryce, there's also talks of another sequel coming out. Okay. To your favorite movie of all time, Maleficent. Oh, oh perfect. <laughs> My heart just leapt with joy. So this has been talked about for a while now, you know, over these last couple of years about what they're going to be doing or whatever. So it seems like the same cast is basically coming back. But we have a new Prince Philip, it looks like. Oh, Harris Dickinson. Ever heard of him? No. I have not, but he cannot be worse than the last guy they had in there because he was window dressing at best, man. He was just bland. He was a wooden doll. He was nothing. Didn't seem like a dude that would be like fighting a dragon. Yeah, exactly. Granted, he wasn't in the movie doing that, but I mean, still. Exactly. It's weird how you look at the original movie and you're like, I know exactly what I want to do with my Prince Philip. It's insane. Yeah. I hated that movie. So, and but while we may not know him, we do know this. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, though. <laughs> Little Key and Peel. Michelle Pfeiffer. She's going to be Queen Ingrith. Yeah. So, it, and apparently that is Prince Philip's mother. Cool. I like Michelle Pfeiffer enough. I mean, it makes me happy. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I like Michelle Pfeiffer enough. I mean, it doesn't upset me that she's in the movie. It's never a bad idea to recruit talent. So this makes sense to me because she is a great actress. You know, now I will say that of everybody who is coming back, I am most excited for Elle Fanning. Okay. So here's the thing. In no other iteration of the character have I ever come remotely close to enjoying the character of Sleeping Beauty. Be it in the original movie, be it in Once Upon a Time, be it in Kingdom Hearts, anything. I hate Aurora. 
But in Maleficent, she was great. Yeah. She was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Well, they they gave her a little more to do. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> All right. Well, something to look forward to, I guess. I mean, I'm not thrilled that they're coming out with a sequel, but, you know. Me neither, man. It's really upsetting to me, actually. But we're going to be there, Bryce. Yay! <laughs> Oh, man, what what's going on here? I'm sorry, dude. We're down for refurbishments. Yeah, all right. All right, guys, on this week's refurbishments, let's move over to the Magic Kingdom where we have Walt Disney World Railroads. All stops. Fantasyland, Frontierland, Main Street, USA will be opening summer of 2019. And then Tomorrowland Speedway should open around May 15th or May 18th, excuse me. Animal Kingdom Cali River Rapids have been closed since January 17th and won't reopen until March 23rd. Typhoon Lagoon will be closed until springtime. Now we're moving out to the West Coast in Disneyland. Astro Orbiter and Sleeping Beauty's Castle walkthrough are closed and unsure exactly when they're going to be reopened. So bad news for you guys. Phantasmic and Sailing Ship Columbia will be reopened on March 8th. Splash Mountain, as well, will be closed on the 4th and will reopen on the 15th. The Mint Julep Bar is closed down on February 18th and open again on March 2nd. Space Mountain will be shut down from February 25th to March 15th. Now let's go to California Adventure, where it says Grizzly River Run currently closed, not known when it will be open. Silly Symphony Swings, both singles and tandem, are closed on March 1st, but they do not exactly have an open date as of yet. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. On behalf of the cast of the Walt Disney World Resort, we'd like to welcome you to the Magic Kingdom. All right, Bryce. In park news... We have some interesting stuff. It kind of ties into some movie stuff, too. You can catch a sneak peek of Dumbo that's coming to certain Disney parks and stuff like that worldwide. Guests that are visiting Disneyland Resort, Walt Disney World, and Disney Cruise Line will get to see an elephant fly for a limited time. So it says the Disney Cruise Line in March will get to see the preview while aboard. You have Disneyland Park. And then that will be shown in Main Street Opera House in Times Square. Okay. And then down here, Disney Hollywood Studios, we will get that sneak peek at the uh, Walt Disney Presents attraction. So it's just something to look forward to. That's really cool. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they did it for Moana down here, you know? See, I missed that. And and they did it for Mary Poppins, I think. I mean, I think for most of their major movies, they kind of have these little mini previews that are that come out. Really? See, I never really pay attention to One Man's Dream because that's where that is. Yeah. And you walk the little museum. Now, in the back, they used to have Star-Lord and Baby Groot. That was adorable. <laughs> but now they have Mike and Sully. But unless I'm going back there to catch the characters, I never really go in there. I love going in there. So Apparently, I need to go in there more. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, every time I do go into One Man's Dream, there is about five minutes where I contemplate 
how quickly I can actually move carrying that large Tower of Terror miniature and see if I can get to my car before security <laughs> gets me because I want it All so of those bad. miniatures are legit. They are cool, man. I'm like, man, if you came out with like a Lego, not a Lego version, but the same way you made that, like if you made it available for me to get that, I'll get it. Oh, absolutely. No question at all. Looks awesome. It's so good. <laughs> all right, bro. Moving to Disneyland Paris, the rock and roller coaster out there. Yeah. It's being taken down and redone. So it's going to be turned. Well, the rumors were for a while was that it was going to become a Miley Cyrus. Yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> that was back in like 2016. I never heard of that, and that's hilarious. Oh, Miley. <laughs> so it's being taken down and it's being made, get this, to an Avengers ride. Nice. So you're going to get to see all your favorite Marvel heroes, and I'm guessing villains. Disneyland or Disneyland Paris has some pretty awesome stuff. I mean, they're going to have a Marvel, a Star Wars, and Frozen Lands all in there. That's fantastic, man. Star Wars obviously is a no-brainer because it's coming here and it's coming to Disneyland out in California. It's going to attract people. Mm-hmm. It's going to attract more people than Disney can handle. Mm-hmm. I think Disney's going to have some real problems the first month two months that it's open right in any case a marvel land i am very interested in a marvel land that's what they have going on out in california the california adventure remember they turned tower of terror out there into a guardians of the galaxy ride same thing they're using pre-existing rides it seems like anyway to build out this new land for marvel cool do what you got to do i can't wait once that whole thing is done out in California, I very much will probably like to go there. Yeah. In the words of Rocket Raccoon, I very much want to go there. <laughs> so they're doing this to the rock and roller coaster out there. Do you think that there's ever a possibility of them doing it to over here? I don't think so. And only because of the license that they have with Universal. Okay. Because here in Orlando, we have Islands of Adventure. And Islands of Adventure, one of their islands is Marvel Comics Island. Mm-hmm. You have things in there like Spider-Man. You have things in there like the Incredible Hulk roller coaster. Yeah. You have the X-Men characters in there with Storm's Storm Force. And anything that is involved with Marvel Comics Island in Islands of Adventure cannot be used here. So that's why we've seen kind of stranger ones like Doctor Strange. We've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. But we haven't seen Iron Man. You know what I'm saying? We haven't seen the Hulk. And, I mean, if you're going to do it, man, you want to have the Avengers. You want to have Spider-Man. Yeah. And so I think they're just going to steer clear of it entirely here and really focus on it over in California, in Shanghai, in Tokyo, in Tokyo Sea, because all of those places have had announcements that Disney is going to be making Marvel rides there. The only place that hasn't got it, Orlando. And so... Maybe uh, we'll compensate for it elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we'll get that frozen land. Yeah. That could be kind of cool. That'd be pretty legit. Yeah. Well, lucky you, Paris. Lucky you. (laughs) All right, Bryce. So we have Disney and PhotoPass, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it says that the photographers, it says that they were on their way out. Is that what I'm getting correct? Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, this is the been talking about this for years mm-hmm. just getting rid of the photo pass photographers in general because do they need them are they making money yeah. you know what i'm saying because disney's got to pay them yeah 
So that was always a question. And then so now you get into the realm of, well, maybe a robot can do our job. Mm. You know? Yeah. You're seeing that at a lot of fast food places like McDonald's. So what Disney's done is they've just taken one. They went and took away the Tinkerbell meet and greet photo pass photographer. Right, right. And that's the one in Town Square in Magic Kingdom. They took that away. And the way they have it set up is really interesting because they're still going to have a character handler there. So that way, if you want to go in there, take a picture with your phone or something like that, Mm -hmm. that's still an option. Okay. Just on the wall, opposite the character, there's going to be a little video camera. Mm -hmm. And the video camera is actually going to be attached to an AI. Mm. Right? Right, right. The video camera is going to look and see and say, okay, Tinkerbell's going in for a hug. The AI is going to register that, and it's going to tell the two cameras below there, take photos. Mm-hmm. And then they will. It's crazy. That's pretty sweet. It is. It's interesting. I feel bad for the photographers, if you know whoever's going to lose their job. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's an interesting way. Maybe it will streamline things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Make yeah. things quicker. But then I wonder, are you going to be able to get some of the more candid photos that you get from doing the meet and greets too? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like, I remember when me and Jamie went to go meet Star-Lord and Baby Groot. Well, we talked to Star-Lord and Baby Groot, you know, high five, handshake, whatever, this and this. And then they got us talking to Baby Groot. And then we were all dancing and stuff like that. And it's a good time. Is the AI going to recognize those moments and say, hey, take a photo of that right now? Maybe, maybe not. Then what they're going to do on the backside of it is they're going to crop the photos because the way the cameras are set up, they're set up, they're stacked on top of each other, right? Right. And they're wide-angle lenses. So if a photographer was going to take your picture, what would they do? They'd sit there, make sure you're in center frame, snap the picture, done. Well, these cameras are stationary so that they're going to be looking straight ahead, take the picture, and then what they're going to do is they're going to crop them to make it look like you were in center frame. Right. So it's interesting. I wonder if it's going to end up creating more work on the back end for cast members because I know that there are some times that I'll take photos at Disney World and I won't ever get them. I'm a Gold Pass holder member and so I'm supposed to get all of my photo pass pictures. I can't count on both of my hands the number of times that someone said, you're going to get these pictures and then I just never get them. Right. It's kind of infuriating. Are you going to be giving this one a try, you think? I'll give it a try, yeah. Absolutely, I will. All right. What about you, man? Does that sound like something interesting to you? Absolutely not, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, and it's not, it, it's just more like I'm not a picture dude, number one. Right. So, like, going out of my way to these characters or anything like that, I've, I've never been that guy. Right, If it's right. there and it's spontaneous, like, if I run into Mickey, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a man in a costume. There's, you know, like there's no magic there. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, I don't go out of my way to get these pictures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. The ones that you were telling me a couple of months ago about how like, you know, you can do certain poses. Yeah. And like they'll digitally put them into those photos, like a certain spots throughout Disney, uh, Disneyland or Disney World. Yeah. Those seem pretty cool. Like if those are cool. If uh, if Ray Lynn said, "Hey, you want to do a couple of these?" Sure. 
you know, but this to me is something that like, eh, it's just not even in my nature for pictures a whole lot anyway. So I hear you. I'm not thrilled about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like excited about it. Right. Now, what if they were to take the photo pass photographers from those experiences, Mm -hmm. the ones that are outside, say the ones that take your picture in front of the castle. Right. Do you think that would be a good idea to try to implement something like this more along the lines of a park-wide situation than just a one-character or two-character yeah. thing? You do? Yeah, I think it, I think it would suit a lot of people because, you know, Disney is like everyone's favorite place in the world to take pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, we know all those bloggers that love going in there. Sure. We do too. I mean, we do it when we go to Disney, Disney World. So, I mean, it would make it simpler, you know? I wonder if it wouldn't cause for confusion because, you know, doing it now with the photo pass photographer, yeah, the photographer is there and it can get annoying. You want a picture? You want a picture? Yeah, you want a yeah, picture? Yeah. But at the same time, everybody sees that guy and says, you know what? They're getting a photo. I'm going to steer clear of it. <laughs> yeah. At least be a little bit respectful. Yeah. Just get on the street, guys. Like walk on the sidewalks. Exactly. But I think with an automated thing, You'll get your photo, and then you'll have nine other people next to you posing in their own way trying to get the photo. And then so you'll have yourself and then just like a wall of people on either side of you. I don't know. I don't love the idea mm-hmm. because AI is phenomenal. Just some of the stuff that we can do through automation is absolutely incredible. But it's got its limits. Right. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you can't get that just that human intuitiveness from an AI that you would need in a situation. You know, you won't be able to have the camera say, hey, excuse me, can you move over a little bit? Or, hey, you know what, this pose isn't working, try something different. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can see good and bad in it. I just also don't want to see all those people lose their jobs. Yeah. Well, that's a sad thing. But, I mean, as as things are becoming more and more digital, yeah, manpower is becoming less and less important, right? Yeah. No, I, I agree with that on that. So, good luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I know. It's terrible. Ah, uh, are you checking in tonight? Welcome home. All right, buddy. So this is something that you're going to have to help me out with a little bit, all right? Okay. So it says, in Florida, we have FastPass Plus, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a way to make FastPass reservations uh, that link to your account, which is Ticket, Magic Bands, all that. Right. So apparently, if you stay at a resort, you can go ahead and make these FastPass reservations, right, in these resorts. And what people right. were doing was canceling their reservations at these resorts and keeping the fast pass. Yeah, because what was happening is, okay, so if you were just going to come up to Disney World and be like, you know what, I want to go to Disney, cool. Well, what day are you going? I'm going on the 15th. All right, well, from the 15th, 30 days before that, you can make your fast pass reservations. We'll see you on the 15th. Fantastic. And that's really cool. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be like, oh, you know what? I know for a fact I'm going to want to ride Space Mountain. I want to ride this ride, and I want to ride this ride. Boom, done. You don't have to fight the crowds first thing in the morning. Yeah, And that's nice. Yeah, it is. It's also not a gamble of going in there, putting your ticket in, saying, which one am I going to get? 
8 p.m. All right, well, I guess I'm not going to get use this one then. So that's cool. But Disney wanted to sweeten the pot. So they said, you know what? If you're going to be staying on property, well, what day are you coming in? Well, I'm coming in on the 15th. All right, so from the 15th back 60 days, you can make your Fast Pass reservations. So you can make your Fast Pass reservations 60 days out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. That is a massive perk to staying on property because now you actually have access to rides during your stay that even though you're going the same day as, say, me, but I'm not staying on property, I won't be able to get those fast passes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what people were doing was they called Disney, make reservations, and say, yes, I will be there on the 15th, and I will be checking out on the 19th. And Disney say, okay, great. And then they would make their fast pass reservations and then, you know, sometime before they went up there, they would call and cancel. They don't have to worry about it. They don't have the hotel room. They don't have to pay anything. But they got to keep their fast passes. As you might understand, that ended up becoming a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so what Disney ended up doing was they said, fine, if that's the game, if that's what people want to do, if you cancel a reservation, boom, we're dropping off your fast pass reservations. Mm-hmm. Which is nice because then those fast passes go back into the pool and then everybody can get them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The only question that I have is, is this going to affect all reservations? It could. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, if Disney sees a leak in money somewhere, <laughs> well, going to stop it. Sure. But what I'm saying is, hey, we have a hotel reservation, say, at Contemporary, right? Okay. Well, 60 days out, you call and you say, you know what, I want to go to California Grill. Fantastic. Well, can you then cancel your reservation for the hotel and keep that dining reservation, or will that reservation fall off as well? Also, good question. Mm-hmm. if you change hotels, say you were at the Contemporary and you go over to Polynesian, or you go over to Boardwalk, or you go just Animal Kingdom, anywhere else on property, mm-hmm. Do you have to go back and re-get those fast passes again? It's a good question. I if I if I was Disney, I would think no. I would think no too. Because then that causes a lot of problems. Causes you know? a lot of confusion. Right. And I would think no as well. My only question is, might it happen by accident? Because anytime you try to implement new policy, you're gonna have issues right off the bat. Yeah. So I feel like this could be a very a very real problem that Disney might have with this. But I don't know. I don't know. I called Disney and they wouldn't comment on it. So I have nothing to go on mm-hmm. as far as whether this will happen or whether it won't. It's just questions I have, you know? Yeah. Well, we'll keep you up to date, folks, once we find out a little more about what's going on. Oh, absolutely we will. All right, Bryce. Really quickly, let's head over to Disney Springs real quick, okay? All right. Because a couple of weeks ago, there were these fake business pens that they were using, and they were basically taking a riff on attractions and businesses like that, like basically saying like uh, Thunder Railroad Mountain Company or something like that on a pen. Yeah. So now they're doing that with their shirts. Really? Yeah, and you can get it at Disney Style and Disney Springs. So they have these really cool-looking ones. They have a Pirate of the Caribbean one. That is freaking sweet. It is. And then they have a Main Street USA Balloons that basically says Mickey Balloon Makers. 
So it's kind of doing this little spoof that you're like the worker there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I have one I know that you'll like from the Haunted Mansion. Oh, that is really cool. That is really cool. So, like, they have another one here called Tea and Cup uh, Saucer Repair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that is really cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. I like that. Now, the thing that worries me is that I'm only seeing these, like, for girls. <laughs> Maybe it's because I am a girl or something. I don't know. Because I like them. <laughs> it, like, I like the idea of it. They're punny. Yeah, exactly. And... They seem like they're gonna like they're pretty cool. Now they're gonna set you back a bit. This Pirates of the Caribbean crop top is gonna cost you thirty five dollars. Yeah, that's about the going rate mm-hmm. of any shirt at Disney. Right, and then the Main Street USA balloons you're gonna run around thirty five dollars as well. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the the target price for it. But I mean, if they came out with this for a dude, I mean, I'm not gonna hate it. I mean, they have this cool one that says Pixie Dust Supply Company. That is pretty cool. Now, I probably wouldn't get that one. I just like the idea <laughs> that they're putting a little spoof on it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. No, no I am all for interesting shirts like that. I yeah. love that kind of stuff. I look daily at t-shirt websites just to let's see if there's something I need. And I've found some incredible Disney shirts on these different websites. And so to see Disney kind of dip in its toe, kind of, and what should we do this? Is there a market for it? Maybe. Yes. Yes, I think there is. And so that's exciting because if Disney starts making shirts like that and mm-hmm. that they're funny and they have puns about them and they have some thought put into them, I think that's really why I dislike a lot of Disney t-shirts is because it feels like there's no thought put into it. It's like, hey, let's put a picture of the character. Let's put their slogan and go from there. Yeah. And I don't like that. But with this, there's quite a bit of effort. Yeah, it feels more creative. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And for a company like Disney, who is lauded for its creativity, to put out bland merchandise like that, it's kind of it's kind of really bad. Right. <laughs> you know. So Bryce, you buy this shirt at Disney Springs, you're going to want a bag to put it in. Sure, they're going to give you a plastic bag at the counter. You can go ahead and take it, put it in there, carry it around all day. Okay. Now at Disney Springs, they're coming out with their own reusable bags. <laughs> really? <laughs> kind of like, you know, you see everywhere now. Oh, yeah. So they're doing their own little twist on it. So basically for a small one, it's going to cost you a buck. All right. For a medium one, a dollar fifty, And then for a large one, it'll be $2.00. Things that are going to make these pretty unique is that it's only just Disney Springs stuff. It's only going to have, there's this really, it has a cool picture of, of Mickey Mouse. And then there's another one that just says Disney Springs on it. I'm not a fan of bags, Bryce. I can care less about it personally. But my wife lugs herself some of these bags for some reason. Does she? She does. We'll be in Publix, Walmart, wherever these things are at, which they're pretty much everywhere, like I just said. And she sees one with a character or something that she likes on it. We got a bag. <laughs> Is there anything in it? No, Bryce. Nothing. But we got a bag. I hear you. Yeah, at least Disney Springs is still offering the option of the plastic bag. I went over to the Disney store in the mall the other day. Mm-hmm. They're like, do you want to carry your item? Because otherwise you're going to need to buy a bag. Mm-hmm. Like you guys don't offer a plastic bag anymore yeah we don't do that 
that's crazy to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, give me a bloody bag for what I just paid you for. In any case, fine. You're not giving me bags. At least you're giving me an option of something. You got to pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's still an option. I don't need to take that option. Yeah. And thusly, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to get a bag from the Disney store. Right. Did I? Mm-hmm. No. Well, the cool thing was, is I mean, at the Marvel store in Disney Springs when I last went, they gave me a bag. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, you know, the only time you get these things is if you know you're going to be in Disney Springs shopping, you get a lot of stuff, you don't want to carry all that stuff, you could throw it into just one big bag. So, I mean, I know we're talking about bags here, and it's hard to get excited about it because I am not. Right. But it's an option for you listeners out there who like this sort of stuff. It is an option, and two, it's a reusable bag. So, just like I was saying, you know, Raylan buys all the ones from Publix. You get this one from Disney Springs, and you're like, oh my god, I love this. This is the best. This is what I've wanted my entire life out of a bag. (laughs) You can take it to Publix and put your groceries in it as well. When stars are born, they possess a gift or two. One of them is this. They have the power to make a wish come true. Man, what a great trip. Let's relive it, huh? All right, Bryce. Our review this week isn't a restaurant or a theme park, but a board game. A board game. A board game. A board game, you say? Yeah, now many people like board games. Me and you tend to like board games a little more than average people. They're fun, man. They are. I feel like board games for our generation is what poker was for our dad's generation. Probably. You know what I'm saying? That's all they had. <laughs> <laughs> they had maybe Monopoly. Yeah, exactly. So they released this really cool board game I saw a while back, and I remember telling you about it, called Disney Villain. It's called Villainous, right? It's called Yeah, Disney's Villainous. Yeah. It's a little green box, and it's got the shadow of Maleficent on the front. It's a cool-looking box. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, you have that classic Disney green Mm-hmm. to the box, and black, that color scheme. It's always a nice-looking color scheme. Mm-hmm. It's got a little bit of, a, like, gold leaf around the edge. Mm-hmm. It's a cool-looking box. Yeah, and there has yet to be really, like, a cool adult Disney game. You know, and you got, like, the Disney trivia stuff, and I've never yeah. played that. You get, like, a Disney-themed Monopoly or something like that. But Clue, something like that. Yeah, and it's never really, they never really done their own brand of stuff, especially a collectible card game in a way, because... This game has the option to expand. In the back, there's votes being taken out, depending on how popular the game was, which it's gotten really popular, that people could put in votes for who they want their next villains to be added onto the game to release in, like, packs, you know, like, waves. Right, right. So what did you think of the game? We played it this past weekend. So just to give you a little backstory real quick, I've had this game for about eight months. And this is the first opportunity I've ever had to play it. <laughs> you were trying. I, exactly. I was. I was trying <laughs> so hard to play this stupid game. can't hear the frustration in your voice. My Okay, so I had I had it set up with my wife and one of her friends to play, mm-hmm. and they just hated it. They right. could not get into it. Mm-hmm. They could not figure it out. Now, to be fair. To be fair, it's a lot. 
it's a lot it's a bit confusing when you've never played it mm-hmm. because there's no there's no start to it you just start playing to give you guys a picture it you each get individual villains and every villain's goal is different right that's how you win the game so for instance maleficent you had to lay out a level of curses for john you for prince john uh he had to gain i think like 20 money yeah so for each villain it's different you're not looking at someone else saying okay i'm gonna just do what they're doing i might catch on like a couple of other games you you know (laughs) you know what i'm saying like okay i kind of get it because i'm looking at them you have a card specifically for your own player who you decide to be that tells you what you need to do how you can do it and you get a stack of cards that are only for you each character has their own strategies Mm -hmm. each character has their own downfalls so like you can't play the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland the same as you would play Prince John from Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. You just you can't. No. And, and that's where it can get confusing. It is, especially when you've never played it. Mm-hmm. Because I'll be honest, I was a little confused that first time I was trying to play. Yeah. You know? And then I let you borrow it and you and some of our friends played it. And like, you have to play this game. Yeah. And then you guys came over to my house the other night, and we played, and it was great. Yeah. I really liked it. And it is. It's not a game for a average gamer. You got to be... Listen. Yeah, not got, to sound like an elitist, but it's true. Because, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Because, I mean, there's a lot to go along with this. Right. It's not, like we were mentioning, your reskinned version of Clue. It's not your reskinned version of Life. It is its own entity unto itself. And in that, it is confusing. But in that, it is fun. Yeah, it's... And when he means confusing, again, it takes a... There's, it, there literally is so much to look at. You got your card map that has a bunch of moves. Then you get a card that tells you what these moves even mean. Right. And then you get a card which is just your villain's bio and tells you what you need to win. Right. Plus you have two stack of cards, one set of cards that you use to win the game and then one set of cards that are used to be used against you by other players, which I think is really fun. It is. Twist to it, the game. It gives you a nice strategy and I like the word twist there because mm-hmm. they're called fake cards. Right. And you're like, oh, and the fate cards is where you're going to find characters like Peter Pan if you're playing as Captain Hook. Yeah. And sometimes you need to have those cards come out in order to even win the game. Yeah. So you need to have somebody attack you. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, and that's what, that's where, even though it's tough, if you could push through it a little bit and get the swing of it, get the understanding of it, you'll be fine. And yeah. it takes on a whole life of itself. It's fun. It it really is. And just the de- the amount of detail that goes into each one of these characters is really incredible. Because, like, I played the Queen of Hearts. Mm-hmm. And in order to win, what I had to do is I had to take my card guards and turn them all into widgets. Mm-hmm. Which are the little arches from Croquet. And then I had to play a specific card called Take a Shot. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm actually playing a game of croquet, but I have to set up the field. Like that's the whole concept of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, well, that's really cool. And and the cool thing is, is that the they the way they win is very much in line to how villains would win. You know, in the Disney aspect yes. of it, it's really cool. They give you a cool story to how a villain would win. Exactly. But going back to those fate cards real quick, mm-hmm. the way that those work is they cover up the top two actions on each one of the spaces that you can go to on your board. Now, I don't know if you ever noticed this or not, but for the Red Queen, one of like the main things that Alice in Wonderland is known for are the potions, right? Mm-hmm. The different foods. Eat me, drink me. Mm-hmm. One makes you grow larger, one makes you grow smaller. Yeah. And you can actually affect the hero cards in your realm by playing a grow or shrink a character. Yeah. If you have a grow card placed on you, that hero now acts differently and covers up more of your realm. Yeah. And if you shrink the character, it covers up less of your realm. It's just really cool. It's really inventive. The game is fun. Again, if you're going in there for like a real I just want to play a game for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Might not be the game for you. No. Because you have to sit down and really think about what's happening. Yeah, for it's it's definitely more of a advanced board gamers game, but once you get going, it's it's real fun. It's fun. So Chris, tell me, would you recommend this to just like a casual gamer? No. Not to a casual gamer. No. Right. Because it's it's it like you said, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get in there, and 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 also depends on your group of friends. Are they are they good at board games? Are they just are they the ones while you're sitting there trying to read the book that are just like screwing around? Because then you'll never get it either. You know, right. you need a group of buddies to be like, okay, yeah, we got this. Let's help each other out. So it's a good thing we have a couple of other friends who are like that as well. Exactly, exactly. All right, personally, I would highly recommend this game. Mm-hmm. I didn't win. And that always upsets me. You know, I like to win. <laughs> but uh, no, the game is fun. The yeah. game is just entertaining. And when you have a game that you have to put that much into, well, ideally, you get a lot back out of it. And in this game, you do. You do get that payoff at the end that you're hoping for because you just had a good time. And then say you do master one of the characters, like the Red Queen. Well, now, next time, play Little John, and it's an entirely different game. Yeah. You can play this game for a long time and really never have the same experience twice. Yeah, exactly. It's a really cool game. Disney put a lot of thought into this game, just like I was talking about with the T-shirts. They put a lot of thought into it. It was creative. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. And I feel like it's going to pay off for them. that's the end for this week anyway we wanted to thank you all for listening you can find us on itunes youtube twitter tumblr and soundcloud we are also now on google play haha yet another place for you google exactly (laughs) yet another place you can hear our beautiful beautiful voices so so beautiful (laughs) we're on digifox studios network the fox playbox just type in foxplaybox.com you can find all the shows in our network Please do us a favor. Would you please like, favorite, and subscribe to our show? If you have any comments, please send those in, and I will read them on the air. 
What'll be pretty cool too is that if you guys are listening from other parts of the world, you know, like if you're from the West Coast, you're listening from someplace else, and you guys have some reviews on other places that obviously we can't go to, you want to send them in, go ahead and send them in, guys. By all means, and I'll I'll actually put you on the show. I don't care. That'll be great. That'll yeah, be a lot of fun. That'll be great. And also, again, you know, if you've already commented and favorited and liked, share us with somebody else. Share us with a friend. We'd appreciate that very much too. And that's going to do it for tonight, guys. Thank you again so much for listening. On behalf of our entire crew, thanks for soaring with us. <laughs>